Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel and I am King Ghidorah's angry, dominant middle head. And I'm Cristalano and I'm King Ghidorah's less dominant, more subservient head. It's just us today, so I guess there's there's no one to be Kevin, the the derpy left-hand head. Uh so I, so I guess we're Ghidorah in the part of Godzilla King of the Monsters where Kevin gets exploded for a little bit. So uh but don't worry, we'll regrow that head by next week. So so this week we are doing another uh, Building for Flavor episode. We did the first one of these for Theros Beyond Death, where, uh, Chris, you had put together a Croxa uh, deck and uh, built it flavorfully for that legend. And, and we kind of talked through uh, some of the choices you made uh, on uh, how, how to fill out that flavor when there aren't a lot of actual flavorful options in the set. We're working on so uh we wanted to do uh more of these because uh we liked doing that episode it's uh kind of a different style of content for us and uh lets us talk about uh deck building and kind of more concrete ways to incorporate for those ideas into actually playing magic so this week uh we are going to build a deck for ikoria and by build a deck i mean i already put one together we are building a deck for a creature that is definitely in Ikoria. And by that I mean yes. it's actually a creature in our world, because Ikoria gave us these wonderful Godzilla series cards, which are just really, really cool. So, Lorelai, why don't you tell us about your choice for your commander? Yeah, so this is an Iluna Apex of Wishes deck, um, which is the... It, is it an Iluna Apex of Wishes? It's a Ghidorah King of the Cosmos deck. Uh, I, I wanted to, you know, you know, I, I'm a huge Godzilla fan and I wanted to build a Kaiju commander deck and, uh, Akure gives us a lot of tools for that, uh, but not really enough for one commander deck. Uh, there are some cards from throughout magic history that work well. There are some, uh, liberties to be taken in filling out a full commander deck list. So, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I guess I'll just start with the commander choice. Uh, my intent with this project was to build a kaiju deck and to figure out what the best colors for that were. And throughout magic history, there have been a lot of... not necessarily kaiju cards, but a lot of giant monster cards. Um, I, I say that like a listener can parse the difference. <laughs> between the, the point, there are a lot of big creatures in magic history, even if they're not necessarily like kaiju-themed. And for the most part, they appear in uh, green. And uh, blue has a number of very large sea monsters as well. Uh, People don't realize that, like, green gets the biggest creatures in the game, but blue gets the second biggest creatures. And is, like, the color that is second best at big creatures. So um, green and blue narrowed it down to two options uh, if I wanted to build with one of the Godzilla series card. And that was... uh, King Ghidorah card for Iluna, and then the Brokos card, which is, uh, I believe, Biocorp Space Godzilla. Yes. Specifically for this task, I, I pulled up all the Godzilla series cards, and, you know, it was a pretty easy choice because between Space Godzilla and Ghidorah, uh, only one of them let me play with the Biobox promo Godzilla. And uh, so uh, Red Green also opened up to a handful of cards from Magic's past that are kind of tangent- 
tangentially related to kaiju and kinkadora specifically um because that's uh kind of the the three broad categories i want to talk about today are you know the godzilla series cards um the uh specifically the Ghidorah theme um because he's the focus as the commander and uh then the uh kaiju stuff that was added and then kind of kind of the filler that fills out the rest of the deck yeah so i i'm guessing the the first step you did was bring up all the godzilla cards and just all of the ones that you can play in these three colors basically they did they all make it in uh yeah um so there's the Luna Apex of Witches for Ghidorah as the commander. And then uh, I, I wanted to focus on the mutate mechanic. So the Mysterious Egg, which is Mothra's Great Cocoon. And then uh, Polywog Symbiote, which is Baby Godzilla Ruin Reborn, are obvious inclusions there. Uh, we also have uh, Everquill Phoenix, which is uh, Destroy a Perfect, Perfect Life Form, uh, which is a mutate card. Uh, there is also, uh, because it's a Ghidorah deck, even though it's mostly running permanents, because that's still the Aluna mechanic, uh, I did want to run Sprite Dragon, which is Dorat the Perfect Pet, because the Dorats are what become Ghidorah, so like, how could you not run them in here? And there are also mutate targets with Flying in Haste, so that's cool. Uh, Mechagodzilla the Weapon, which is Crystalline Giant, goes in literally any Kaiju deck because it's colorless. And then this also includes... Oh, uh, Gemraiser, uh, who is Angaris Armored Killer, is another one of the mutate cards. Uh, like I mentioned before, the Xylortha Strength Incarnate is Godzilla King of the Monsters. as the Biobox promo. Uh, and then this deck also gets to play the other two Godzillas, which is our uh, Yadaro Wandering Monster, which is Godzilla Doom Inevitable, which is uh, the Shin Godzilla. And then the Titanoth Rex, which is Godzilla Primeval Champion. So those are the Godzilla series cards that worked in this deck, and like they were the first things I added to the list. Uh, since I started putting this list together, we had the new, the new secret layer announced with the mm. Godzilla basics. So if I was going to like build this deck in paper, um, the Godzilla basics are absolutely what I would pick for a kaiju deck because they have Godzilla on them. Uh, I mentioned before we were recorded, uh, one of the most disappointing things is that the card that represents Rodan is Jeskai colored or Rogren colored uh, on Ikoria. The red, blue, and white legendary apex is Rodan, and Rodan features in the Secret Layer Mountain, um, which is just one of my coolest, one of my favorite Godzilla creatures is Rodan. And it just makes me sad that you can't include Rodan in a Ghidorah deck. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that, like, no matter which commander you pick, you can't fit, like, all the high-profile Godzilla series monsters uh, in into uh, a deck, because this doesn't have Mothra in it either, or uh, Space Godzilla. And uh, for some reason, there's, like, two King Sasar cards, which is still weird to me. Um, <laughs> so, like, any, any way you slice it, because, like, any other commander you pick leaves out Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, any of the red or green ones can still include a Godzilla but not both of them so like this gets all three Godzillas but any other commander only gets one it's just a tricky little deck building thing that leaves me a little unsatisfied I wish one of these was five colors so I could just do a five color kaiju deck and call it a day but that's not reality we don't have Jay on this week which is a little disappointing because I know that Jay has a Zatalpa deck 
that plays all five colors and he plays with the giant monster theme as well but that's not the same thing as having an actual godzilla toho monster as your commander so the next group of cards were the Ghidorah specific things uh so when when looking at a specific character that i want to use as the flavor core of a deck i think about um you know what are the abilities of this character so so what what spells what other creatures uh what kind of things would go along with this character's power set uh what are the things that uh thematically can invoke elements of this character either their their motivation or a, a place that they exist or things like that so for Ghidorah, uh, the first place I started, obviously, was uh, his energy attacks, his gravity beams. So cards like Lightning Bolt and uh, Lightning Storm and Thunderous Wrath are kind of representative of that energy attack. And um, it's tricky because there's a whole bunch of different iterations of Ghidorah throughout history. Uh, so I kind of pulled from uh, some of them. Some of them do have more control over gravity itself. Uh, so there's a very fun card from Rise of the Eldrazi called Gravitational Shift, which is kind of perfect for this deck because uh, it'll it'll pump Ghidorah plus two plus zero and uh, help protect you against ground, uh, you know, and enemy creatures on the ground. Uh, but making like the gravity card making Ghidorah stronger is very cool to me. One of Ghidorah's signature things is that he arrives to Earth in a meteor. That happens in a couple different movies. So uh, cards like Meteorite, Meteor Storm, uh, Comet Storm, uh, and Star of Extinction kind of play off of that. Uh, there's also a land called Meteor Crater, uh, which I included along with those. Um, and because he's a space monster, and this is kind of a big kaiju deck and needs mana, uh, space-related mana rocks like Astral Cornucopia, Sol Ring, and Star Compass and then the aforementioned meteorite all kind of help tie that together and then uh the final thing is uh because godzilla king of the monsters the movie from last year is the first movie that really had Ghidorah display regenerative powers i liked the idea of including hydra's growth from theros because it's going to help our creatures get bigger and uh you know Ghidorah is in theory hydra-esque um it's more orochi-esque but we'll do a fuzzy monster folklore parallel and it's a permanent which is important for Ghidorah's actual trigger when he mutates uh, you exile cards from the top of your library until you reveal a uh, permanent card i believe a non-land permanent card yes you can either put that card onto the battlefield or into your hand. So you can theoretically mutate and hit the Hydra's growth. And then things go off the rails from there. And then finally, uh, Ghidorah does fly and can make hurricane wing winds with his wings. Uh, so hurricane is in here as well as cyclonic rift. And it makes me so happy that I am able to fit cyclonic rift in a deck for a very good flavorful reason. And uh, that's because I'm a good person, and the card should not be banned. It's fine. <laughs> but that's not what this episode's about. So you sent me this list, and I am not the Ghidorah expert that some people uh -huh. are, but I thought of some cards 
and I want to uh-huh. throw them by you, and you can tell me whether or not you think that these fit. Uh, the first one that came to mind was a Cosmotronic Wave. So Interesting. Ju- yeah. Um, I was thinking along the lines of, you know, King Ghidorah causing uh, blackouts with the energy wave and energy beam powers. And I was like, also, it's a card that fits in a playstyle wise because it lets you uh, get through with attackers. Also, it's really pretty art. Uh, yeah, I I didn't I don't think Cosmos was a word I searched for because this is Magic the Gathering and we don't do a whole lot of space stuff. Oh, I went through and searched for every space themed name I could think of, which also led me to slip through space which is another card that you could play in this deck that lets you get through with an attack with uh, Ghidorah, if you so chose. Um, Also fits the theme of flying through space. Also on the theme of space cards, I thought of these as additions that I felt like really fit, and I was kind of surprised I didn't see them in there. Uh, Ryusei, the Falling Star, Kaiga, the Tide Star, and the Kevin of the group, Jugen, the Rising Star. Look, Jugen leaves the power behind in the form of counters, I guess, and toughness. Um, yeah, like, I wasn't interested in including dragons from Kamagawa. Like, it's tricky because we really only get one, at, at least in Godzilla canon, one kind of Japanese-style dragon. Uh, and, and that's Manda, who is more of a sea monster, so Kaigo would be the closest analog but, um, you know, the deck just, those are cards where, like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone wanted to use them. But also, like, it's, because, like, w- when you break down monster movies, like, dragons are kind of their own subset of monster. Um, especially when we look at uh, Western fantasy and the way it's adopted kaiju. Like, dragons are kind of like, <laughs> I mean, yes, Ghidorah is a dragon, but, like, very different than like a European style dragon and and very different. I guess it doesn't matter because these dragons are Japanese dragons. But like there's just something weird that doesn't feel kaiju-y. It feels dragon-y. And like, like I have a Karthus deck and I don't know. The feel is not right. And I, I'm not sure I can exactly articulate why. I don't think any of those reasons made a whole lot of sense. It's the I think it's the fact that they are dragons, I think, kind of takes away from that. And that was the thought I had, too. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised they're not in the list because I think that they the name being about yeah. the stars and having star based flavor text and being the three heads of King Ghidorah were something. Yeah, you know, I thought that's of, but... that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah, like I I wouldn't have been surprised if someone included these uh but I, I agree. I think having a dragon in a kaiju deck does sort of feel out of place. So, because I don't think there's any other dragons in your list. Technically, the only dragon in the deck is Sprite Dragon. Oh yeah, that is actually a dragon, isn't it? <laughs> yes, uh, it is. It is the only dragon on Ikoria. Uh, Ikoria has a single dragon, and it's a one-one, which I think is adorable. But those were those were just some inclusions I thought of in the the vein of. Ghidorah space power themed cards um but that wasn't where you you ended your deck building because this is not just like a a Ghidorah deck this is also a kaiju deck isn't it yes uh so I kind of wanted to broaden that and and I I guess the first thing I'll say is that um 
there are a lot of cards in Korea itself that have very good synergy with this theme. So cards like Barrier Breach, this is a kaiju breaking through humanity's defenses. Clash of Titans, this is two kaiju duking it out in the midst of a volcano. Cards like that are in this deck. Uh, I'm not going to mention them any more than that. Um, we'll include we'll include the list when we post the episode, and uh, you you can check it out. Um, so there there's some obvious in- Ikoria inclusions, but those make sense because Ikoria is a world that very defined facilitates the kaiju theme. Uh, one card from Ikoria that I will give very special call out to is uh, Kogla the Titan Ape. This is the literally the King Kong card, so obviously it gets an inclusion in the Kaiju deck. Kong is like one of the original giant monsters in cinema. But uh, like I, I included Voracious Great Shark. Jaws is functionally a Kaiju adjacent kind of monster. He's a movie monster. He is uh, more on the horror side of things, um, and a little bit on the adventure and action side. Uh, but um, you know, Voracious Great Shark is also like way bigger than Jaws was in the movie. So uh, definitely, if, if you're talking about very big monster sharks, I will include that. Uh, but speaking of sea monsters, uh, because again, this is a deck that has a lot of big, expensive creatures in it. Uh, the list has Eryxmethes. And uh, Lorthos the Tidemaker, mostly because I love Lorthos. Uh, yeah, rest well in pieces. Um, oh. Never forget that Kelly Diggs murdered Lorthos. Yeah, like if you're doing giant monsters, giant octopus monsters exist in Toho films, and so Lorthos gets in here on on, on that thing, and then Oryxmethes as as this huge kraken who is an island is is a thing. You know, I should have put Meandering Tower Shell in here for Gamera. But that's neither here nor there. Um, a couple other cards from Magic History kind of fit the kaiju theme. Uh, Subterranean Tremors from Conspiracy 2 was uh, very directly a Godzilla analog. Uh, it was intentionally makes this big 8-8 lizard and like destroys the city. So that is kind of Magic's first Godzilla card. Uh, there's a couple cards related to the way monsters wreck a world. So Titanic Brawl shows a huge crisis and a giant from the Gruul fighting in the middle of a city. And that's kind of also the the kaiju battle type thing. Uh, and then uh, we have Savage Stomp as a fight spell. Stomp and Howl as a, an artifact enchantment removal. And uh, Crush of Tentacles, which is kind of the giant octopus attack. And also kind of functions as a sweeper in this deck. Let's us pick up all our mutate cards to remutate and get all the triggers again. So those kind of fill out some of the more general kaiju flavored things. Stomp and Howl was a card that I had not heard of until I saw your list. And that card is very flavorful and I think it fits perfectly. I, I'm i a big fan of it. I'm going to definitely have to start considering that card more when I think of flavorful decks like this. Card titles like that, like Stomp and Howl and like Savage Stomp and Titanic Brawl, these are cards that aren't like necessarily the most powerful magic cards, but the flavor of them just feels really strong. What I'm saying is shout out to the flavor text writers for uh, Dissension and 
Ixalan and uh, what was that? Ravnica Allegiance? Yes. Stomp and Hell is tricky. You don't see it in a lot of commander lists, even though it's uh, two and a green to destroy an artifact and enchantment. Um, the trick is that it has to target one of each. So you literally cannot cast it to just kill an artifact or just kill an enchantment. And if there are a whole bunch of problematic artifacts, but no enchantments, you cannot cast it. You need to have both targets to cast it, which is why it's like kind of unplayable, even though it's kind of good value. If you're playing a game of Commander and there is not one artifact in play at minimum, I'm going to be really shocked. And so yeah. I, th- I look at the I look at it more as the thought of like, oh, it's an enchantment removal spell that also will hit an artifact. Yeah, I guess you lose you lose flexibility there, but that's kind of besides the point. It's an interesting card, is is what it is. I I had some thoughts also on the kaiju side of things because uh-huh. I I did a little bit of of considerations and did some searching around and used our wonderful friend Sky Skyfall to find me some cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them that came to mind, uh, just because of the title, speaking of those, is Titan's Revenge. So we we get a lot of the name Titan being used in the Godzilla King of the Monsters movie and the Godzilla movie from 2015? 14, I think. 14? One of those years. Uh, and so Titan's, <laughs> Titan's Revenge is a card from Morning Tide. It's X, Red, Red, Sorcery. Uh, Titan's Revenge deals X damage to target creature or player, and then you clash one of an opponent. If you win, you return it to its owner's hand. So it's a way for you to repeatedly sort of fireball things. Um, and I think that looking at a list with a bunch of big monsters in it like this one, you're pretty likely to win a lot of the clashes a lot of the time. Uh, because you have cards in your deck that are 6 plus CMC being a large part of your curve. So, yeah, that was just one of them. Yeah, I I can talk about my issue with this and that this is a giant and not a kaiju. And the art alone would disqualify it from a deck for me. So giants also aren't kaiju, which is frustrating because there's so many good giants. Um, but there is one that is not a giant that I think counts as a kaiju that is not on your list, which is Lacolith Titan from Nemesis. Uh, it is five red red for a six six. It is a beast, so it fits the one of the clades of Ikoria. Uh, and whenever it becomes blocked, you may have it deal damage equal to its power to target creature instead, basically. Um, which I think is really interesting because you can play the the sort of uh, the politics game and attack someone with your Lacolith Titan and have them block it with you know a one one or whatever, and then use it to deal six damage to someone else's commander. That's neat. Yeah, it's also got the wonderful art of this like giant beast covered in little volcanoes attacking a bunch of uh, people or elves, I think they are. Are elves people? Brian's not on the show, so we can ask that question. I mean, personally, I'm doubtful. Um, (laughs) uh, This is also Nemesis, though, and this is when Belby does stuff, and Belby is cool, so I guess elves can have personhood on Belby's behalf. Um, I did forget to mention Ludovic's test subject, which transforms into Ludovic's abomination, which, you know, it, this is the egg that hatches into a 1313 gigantic lizard monster. So that is also kind of tropey for Kaiju. And then very much, um, a Kaiju 
Esque card in of itself. And then one more card, which I immediately thought of, was the assault suit. Every monster movie has the person. I mean, I'm t- I'm thinking Pacific Rim. You have to have the Jaeger, right? So I'm thinking you get the assault suit out and you equip it to one of your giant creatures, and now that giant creature is wreaking havoc against everyone else every turn. Yeah, but the kaiju don't go in the mech suit. Well, this time they can. Also, this this isn't like the 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 giant mecha heroes deck. This is the evil kaiju deck. But consider this: what if you use the Jaeger technology, you use the assault suit, and you put it on your mecha Godzilla? Now your mecha Godzilla gets plus two plus two, and every combat gets another counter on it. Well, that's just goofy. Yeah, but like you would definitely have a flying trample, first strike, death touching, hex proof, like six six before the end of uh, your next turn. Well, not definitely. It's very random. <laughs> <laughs> Enough combat steps, and it becomes deterministic. Yeah, like if we're if we're doing if we're doing mech stuff like power armor and void and. I feel like there's one more card that has the Titan engines from Invasion block on them. But uh, those would be another option if you wanted to do like mech suit related kaiju things. If you were kind of going mecha anime with that. So now we need to find a commander for a, a mech deck and have that commander face off against King Ghidorah in a Pacific Rim recreation. Uh, it's probably Dapala. And make it a vehicles deck, because you have uh, Peace Walker Colossus, and then you can also run the Gear Hulks. But you really want access to uh, Void, which is a red and black card. Uh, yeah. You know I what? Don't know. You know what you could do? You could make your commander Jarena. Oh, yeah, that's the military commander of the humans resisting the monsters. Yes, that would also work. Uh, do, do like Mardu vehicles, but like in commander. Yes, exactly. Do you like Jarena with Dapala in the in the deck? Add your your mechs to it. You could make a a Jaegers versus the Kaiju decks. Commander dual decks, Kaiju versus Mechas. Yes. Yeah. That would work. Yeah. Someone do it. Yes, if you have a list for your mech commander deck, please uh let us know. Link us to it. I wanna see it. Yeah, link it to Chris so he can see the things and get excited, because we like when Chris is happy. Um, and then, so the, the final group of things in this deck is, uh, kind of a concession to the fact that there's not a whole lot and it's still an, like, this is largely an Akoria themed deck. So a whole bunch of mutate stuff is in here. Um, and I am realizing I didn't actually look at the mutate cards in C20 because I forgot there were more mutate cards in there. So nothing from C20 is in here, but that doesn't matter. Won't worry about that. What? I like about the mutate stuff is if you look at them as you're just adding mutations onto your Godzilla kaiju and forget that they're kind of creatures on their own, uh, they work flavorfully a lot better. Um, some of them are still like Archipelago is a sea monster and definitely a kaiju in its own right, but like Porcuparrots, not a kaiju. Uh, parcel pieces on a kaiju. These are still good cards. They facilitate the mutate theme. These are things you want to shove on your Ghidorah. 
some good news for you is that there are only two mutating creatures in Commander 2020 that you can play in a uh, in your King Ghidorah Commander deck, and neither of them are Kaiju. Salt Tusk Demolisher and Souvenir Statue Snatcher, which are a kind of small beast and a kind of normal sized bird. Uh, they would be in here on virtue of having mutate, you know, part part of part of the thing that Ikoria's monsters do is get bigger. So if I mutate them onto something bigger, then that works. That that's kind of where I went with those. Um, but like they are the least thematic parts of the deck, but are uh, also mechanically relevant and close enough to they're they're like kaiju adjacent. So. I was fine including them. Uh, that is that is my personal call and not necessarily something everyone has to do. Uh, and then I don't really think I have any major comments on the mana base. I just kind of threw a mana basic mana base together. You know, Bonders Enclave is in here because you're going to have a big creature pretty much all the time. So it's it just it's a nice uh, it's a nice way to get some extra cards. Yeah, you've got your Ketria Triome and your Ketria Crystal as well. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, uh, Bonders Ornament is in here as well. There's there, there's some basic Ikoria stuff uh, just to kind of fit the overall feel of what the final deck is going to look like and help it be a little more functional. Because, like, ridiculous theme decks are great. Uh, they, for me at least, tend to be a little less fun if they don't function. So, uh, especially in mana bases is where I'll make concessions. So, uh, if you look in here, there's like, I, you know, I included the uh, the gain lands from Ikoria in, in the, the three that are in these colors. Um, you know, just because they fit the theme. Uh, but then otherwise I'm running like shocks and um, check lands. Uh, the, those are kind of my favorite combinations for commander because they usually enter the battlefield untapped. Yeah, so that that's that's a King Ghidorah deck. Yeah, it looks really fun to play. Uh, Mutate is a really fun mechanic for Commander because it gives your creatures something to continually do, which I really like because you're very unlikely to draw a Mutate creature and not have a reason to play it um, because you can just mutate onto something and get an effect, which I think is really useful. Uh, yeah, they kind of play like sorceries a lot you know, minus the ones with Flash. Um, and they are permanents for Ghidorah's trigger, so you can still hit them and they won't be, like, spells that are dead cards. Because, like, the instants and sorceries, like, we're playing 22 instants and sorceries in this deck, which is a lot. And, like, if I was building more focused on, like, the Aluna mechanic, I would definitely have fewer instants and sorceries. But not. <laughs> and it's thematic, so uh, it's a little higher on them than... I would, I would put in a mechanically focused deck. If I build a kaiju deck in paper, uh, this has potential to be something that I go for. Um, my impulse is to maybe play Godzilla King of the Monsters. I lose out on uh, a handful of cards. But, you know, and, and as I said earlier, uh, Space Godzilla or I, I think Biolante would be fun too. Because... Uh, the Netherite trick is cool. And I, I love Biolante. She is one of my favorite Godzilla villains. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I will build a Kaiju deck in, in paper. It's something that I would consider. Uh, well, I guess am considering. 
Um, I definitely want the Godzilla series cards just to collect because I'm a huge fan and they are beautiful. But uh, whether I build this in paper or not, you know, it's also like hard. I'm not making that decision during quarantine. I'm not playing Commander right now. I have a bunch of Commander projects on hold because I'm not playing Commander. So like I want to finish the projects I have going before I start a new one. So whether or not I build this, that's something that will be solved in the future and I'm not going to worry about it right now. Yeah, I think this is a really good time if you want to brainstorm commander decks though because it's you're not going to go out and play them next week so you're not going to have to rush to put a list together so you can sort of spend some time with it and think like is this what I want to build are these the cards I want to play are these the creatures I want to put into it and then when you actually get to go to your game store and start playing some games you'll have your list ready. Yeah, um, I am a big commander brewer. I have, uh, I, I usually brew in Excel. Um, I did it in Scryfall because that is convenient for posting a list. I just, I have so, I have so many lists uh, and ideas that I'll just never get to work on uh, sitting on my computer. But like you mentioned the Jarena thing with the vehicles and I'm sitting here like, well, if you do minor human tribal, uh, you know, who's good. Who's a, who is a human who is good with vehicles is King Makar. Ooh. That, that, that is less, I guess, uh, thematic to the mechas. Although I guess. No, it fits totally. Cause you have King Makar and Dipala and they have to team up together and they're the reluctant, you know, duo there. They don't really want to work together because Makar is kind of a shady character and Dapala is the straight-laced, you know, uh, by-the-book mech pilot. And then they get together and realize that they're much stronger when they work together than when they're uh, trying to fight their battles on their own. Are they drift compatible? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. if Chris, if you want to put that deck, a deck list together for that, that would be cute. I am highly considering it. I think it would be a lot of fun to build an anti, anti-kaiju anti human mecha deck so that I can have it on hand when I run into the inevitable Godzilla decks. <laughs> Speaking of cute ideas, that's... I, I got a cute idea, and that's that's to move on to final thoughts and end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that is... <laughs> God, uh, I, I apologize for... Uh, <laughs> how bad the segues have been the last like month or two like at, at the cold opens like i'm sorry quarantine has just like sapped our creative energy it, it is uh you know as someone who's creative for a living it's it's very difficult to be creative under quarantine and everyone's just tired and it's it's funny though disaster segues are, i guess are just going to become one of our things at this point i think Everything's a disaster, so it's fine. <laughs> you might as well be. Uh, so, Spinosaurus Egypticus. Yes. Paleontology has been debating for a long time about Spinosaurus Egypticus because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the early fossils of it were destroyed uh, during World War II bombings, and we have not found huge swaths of the skeleton. In uh, a bunch of years ago. A bunch of years ago, a couple of years ago, we finally got more complete skeletal findings, and and which led to a reevaluation of 
Spinosaurus's legs. This is, uh, you know, if you watch Jurassic Park 3, you see Spinosaurus running around on land on very Tyrannosaurid-esque legs. Uh, we now know that they were very short, uh, kind of like a duck's. And uh, that, you know, that is one of the things that helped support the idea that Spinosaurus led at least a semi-aquatic lifestyle. Uh, this is this is something that had been uh, acknowledged by its conical teeth and its long crocodile-like snout. And, you know, it, um, and I believe one specimen was found with fish scales in its stomach. So, um, you know, we've, we've known or in, and theorized that they were... Uh, fish eaters and spend a lot of time near water. Uh, the leg thing, you know, if Spinosaurus could not really effectively move around on land, um, you know, that increases the possibility that it was at least semi-aquatic. Uh, for a long time, uh, paleontologists thought it was a browser in the shallows. Um, but uh, the new findings, uh, we have found most of a Spinosaurus tail, a single a uh, single specimen, and the length of the vertebrae and, and the spines on it indicate that Spinosaurus had a rudder-like tail, uh, a thick rudder-like tail, kind of like a crocodile. Uh, what this means is that it's, it's an adaptation that would be used for aquatic locomotion. So not just wading in shallows, but actual swimming in bodies of water and uh, potentially spending most of its time there like alligators and crocodiles. Uh, there was a, a group at MIT who did a biomechanical reconstruction to uh, show that the tail could produce enough thrust to be used in a locomotive way. And... Um, it's very cool. Spinosaurus aegypticus is one of my favorite dinosaurs, extinct dinosaurs, because dinosaurs are still alive. Never forget that. And um, I, this news came out days ago. Uh, you know, we were recording on Thursday, and the news is a couple days old. I'm still, I'm so excited just thinking about it. Um, and you know, y'all will listen to this uh, at least on Monday. I'm probably still gonna be very excited. This is just. Like, Spinosaurus just keeps getting cooler and cooler and cooler the more we learn about it. Uh, and, and you know, now now we have a, a lot more evidence to support the idea that not only did it spend time near rivers or was it semi-aquatic, but it potentially may have led a mostly aquatic lifestyle, which is wild. So you're saying that Itali should have been blue-red and not just mono-red? Not necessarily. Uh, I, I think um, I find it really funny that all this finding has done is shown that Animal Crossing is already dated because you can you can get the wrong skeleton. I was so excited that Spinosaurus skeletons are in there. There's, you know, I have the completed one in my museum. I have one in my house and I have one in one of my little neighborhood areas. And they just need a patch to update the tail now. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't take it as seriously as a lot of people do. My island is very sparse, and I mostly use it to give gifts to other people. If you are my friend, there's a good chance at some point in time you will receive a gift in the mail just because I saw it and bought it and thought of you. I guess like that is kind of my final thought, is just Animal Crossing has been really nice and relaxing to play, and it's a great option if you are kind of spending a lot of time at home, which everyone, well, most everyone is doing right now. And I know that we've been we've been talking about Animal Crossing a lot, and it's because it is 
is just the absolute most common thing I think that anyone is doing on the internet right now. Uh, yeah, it has been like one of the big catalysts for me spending time with friends on the internet right now. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know, if you too are interested in Animal Crossing, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/TheForthosCast and support our show today. Everyone who donates will get access to our Discord community, where Forthoses from around the world are coming together to talk about Animal Crossing. Uh, not just Animal Crossing. We have a a whole Discord server full of exciting talk about magic uh and you know a, a lot of exciting things for arena were just announced uh including a couple of the first previews for jumpstart previews for jumpstart or was it no the historic anthology two three uh i i know things look i don't work <laughs> on that part of arena so give me a break but uh you know we have a great community uh full of wonderful people and we would love to have more folks there so if if that's something you're interested in uh definitely head over to patreon and uh keep the show running because we really 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 like making it yes i promise you the discord is not all animal crossing uh some large portion of it is talking about baked ziti and uh but we do have a lot of conversations about magic lore magic flavor and magic in general um i've been in there talking a lot about my arena draft decks because ikoria is a lot of fun to draft and i spent like two nights straight just drafting ikoria but other otherwise you know that that's it for this week so thank you all for listening this has been the borthos cast <laughs>